me just a little while. Lord, help me, God, that we as your people might hear tonight what the Holy Spirit of God would say to us, and Lord, that we as your people would realize that we need to bless the Lord at all times. So blessed be your name tonight, Father. Blessed be your ways. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. I don't know about other pastors, but I've been thinking a lot about people backsliding. In the last year and a half, two years, we've seen a lot of folks just backslid. Out of the house of God, out of the will of God, out of the joy of God. They just grown cold, weak, and indifferent on God. And I got to thinking about this Psalms, and it said, I will bless the Lord. Well, you know it's hard to bless the Lord when you never show up at His house. Backsliding. I'm talking about backsliding tonight. It's hard to say that, that you love God and you never visit with Him. Hard to say that you love God and you've not prayed lately. Or you've read His Word lately. How can you truly say you love God when you don't have any fellowship? i tell you one thing. Me and Mama back there have been married a long time and I still like the fellowship with her. I still like to hold her. I still like to kiss on her. Yeah. After 50 years, I still like doing that. Yeah. Why? Because I love her. I ain't too sure she loves me, but I love her. But I do know that God loves me. I do know that I want to bless Him at all times. And I've done admitted that I don't. We don't always bless the Lord in all things. We get in the mully grubs, pity parties, <laughs> sad sacks. And we look around and we could count blessing after blessing after blessing, no matter how bad it is. What a blessing to hear about Scott. What a blessing that is. Ninety days or longer he's been in the hospital with this mess. Heart attack. Done coded several times. And there he is smiling, looking at us. Hey, that's a blessing. It may be bad, but it's still a blessing, amen. It's bad that he had to go through these things. Yes, it is. But what a testimony he'll have. You got a testimony today? Do you realize you really do? You know the bad times, the hard times, the sad times that you're going through. It's God trying his best to give you a testimony of how you overcame. How can you help somebody if you've never been there yourself? Amen. Look at Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 6. The Bible said to you and I, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut up thy door, Pray to the Father, thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Losing your love for your prayer life. Sure is a sign of backsliding in it. You see people that used to ring their voices out in prayer in the house of God, and you hear them getting silent, more silent, quieter, they're backsliding. They're really backsliding. Because <clears throat> if you love God and you trust God and you're honoring God, you're going to pray to God. 
And you're not just going to mumble a few words. It's going to come from the pit of your heart that God would be glorified in the prayer and you could get an answer. Amen. You know a lot of people just repeat a prayer. They never put their heart in it. Amen. A backslider. I don't Listen to me. You'll start backsliding before you ever leave the house of God. Cold and indifferent in your prayer life. When was the last time you got down and just wept bitterly in your prayer life? I'm talking about you were so broken hearted when you got down, you just had to cry. I mean, snot slinging, crying, moaning, pounding the floor, wanting an answer from God. How long has it been since you had an experience like that? You might be headed towards backsliding if you've grown cold and indifferent. Do you pray and pray believing? He said you have not because you ask not. And he said, if you did ask, you're asking amiss. Amen. What does that mean, preacher? That means that you don't really believe what you're praying. Amen. Amen. Do you think there's anything too hard for God? No. Absolutely nothing. Too hard for God. The hardest thing God has trouble with is you. Me. Amen. When he made us a free moral agent, I ain't too sure he didn't make a mistake. Hello? Hello? And we come to the house of God and God is blessed and we backslide in our prayer life. Preacher can call on you to pray and you just nod your head. I told you this morning about Brother Glenn. Brother Glenn's a prayer. You call on him to pray in church, brother, just hold on to your seat. He's going to pray a while. He's going to get loud. He's going to get excited. Amen. He is. He'll preach two or three messages in that prayer. Yeah. Why? Because there's things inside of him that's stirred up. And when you get down to praying, you get to thinking on those things. And they come forth in prayer. You're begging and pleading with God to touch them. That's when you know you're not backsliding. But you get to getting cold and indifferent in your prayer life. You're beginning to backslide. And that's not a good place to be. In the book of John tonight. John chapter number 4. Stay with me tonight. Don't let me lose you. John chapter 4 and verse number 24. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Back when you were in the world. You went to the ABC store, you know, Annabelle Clark's. Annabelle Clark's, you went down there and you got a, a bottle of spirits. Boy, there ain't many amens. I must be in the right patch. And you poured that spirit in you and it made you act different, didn't it? You take a little quiet church mouse type person pour about a half a fifth of them spirits down in them and they get plumb vocal don't they am I in the right patch I'm talking about the spirit of the Lord here tonight if we see that our services and our life is dead 
How can we say that we're worshiping him in the spirit and in truth? Oh, I've got it in your neighborhood now. You ain't liking that too well. Well, let me just dig it a little deeper. Why did we go to the ABC store to start with? We went to the ABC store because we knew they had the spirits that we wanted. And it would do the job if you poured enough in. I hate to admit it, but it's the truth, isn't it? So what happened about pouring it in at church? I'm talking about the spirit of truth, the spirit of holiness. Well, I don't think you ought to do all that. Well, I don't really care what you think. It's what God really wants. Amen. He said, come into his courts with praise and thanksgiving. Listen, if my praise and unnerves you, you might ought to get saved. Because he is a spirit, and when he pours it in us, you're going to act different. Oh, yeah, you'll act different. Your hair fuzz up. (laughs) You'll get a little skippity skip. Oh, you're going to act plumb peculiar when the Holy Spirit is on you. You won't even know half the time what you're doing. But hold on. It'll always be decent. It'll always honor the Father. So if you see Him doing anything other than that, it's of the devil. Now, there's where we're at in the deadness of the church. Most people sit on a pew because they don't know which is which. They're afraid to shout because they're afraid it's of Satan. And Satan takes that and makes a dead, dry service out of it. And we start backsliding because we don't have enough gumption to get on our face in that book in that altar and say God lead me in the Holy Spirit and let what I do be glory to your name because you're pouring the Spirit out and I know the difference. Do you know the difference? If you're not, you're backsliding because he'll lead you. Say amen right there. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. He'll not leave you out there in the left field. No, no, friend. He is a spirit. Ain't that what I just read to you? God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now let me deal with the truth part just for a moment. How about being truthful with yourself? The Bible said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Don't ever put yourself up on a pedestal and say, well, I've not sinned this week. You just did. You just told a lie. Because there's been a lot of things that God asked you to do that you did not do. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. James 4 and 17. So if you know to do it and you didn't do it, it's a sin. Christians have the sin of omission. We forget God knows our heart and the intent thereof. But the backslider will sit on a pew, take up God's space, breathe in God's air, 
and never let the Spirit have its way. Every person in this building at one time or another, the Holy Spirit has come and you did not respond. There's not an exception in this building. You say, preacher, are you admitting that? You better believe I'm admitting that. You'll never get any better till you learn to admit your shortcomings and your sins. Amen. John chapter number 5, verse number 30. He said, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. Amen. Are you with me? Do you love the scriptures like you once did? Do you really love to hear that scripture? Let me just put it this way. I use a lot of scripture in my preaching. And Terry calls me the rope preacher because I rope it together. And I try to line it up to where you ain't jumping back and forth through the Bible. Because that will help you find it quicker. But do you ever think in yourself, he just uses too much scripture. They ought to go hear Mike Manuel preach. Comes over at Victory Temple every year from West Virginia. First time I ever heard him preach, I was trying to write down just what he's calling the chapter and verses. He said, brother, let me help you. Just get the tape. You'll never be able to keep up. And he's telling the truth, brother. 150, 200 scriptures in a message. And all of them tie together. I'm talking about from Genesis to Revelation. He never opens his Bible. He just quoting that stuff. I said, brother, how you do that? He said, God, just give me a photographic memory. He said, I can actually see the scripture as God is giving it to me. And he said, it's just like I'm reading it off of a monitor. I said, brother, you have to to know that much scripture. And I thought, wonder how many says, why don't he preach? You'd get my drift. Why don't he preach? That is preaching. When you can take and tie the scripture together throughout the Bible, the whole thought and counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation, there is no better preaching than to use the scriptures. But see, we don't want scriptures a lot of times. Because it convicts us. It shows us where we... See, if Dennis said it, you could say, well, I don't have to listen to him. But if the scripture says it, what are you going to do with that one? You're going to have to accept it. Backsliders don't like to hear the scripture read. Satan don't like to hear the scripture read. I know a lot of church folk that wish they didn't have so much... Scripture reading at church. My words are not much. But his words are everything. He tells me that his words are life and death. So you think about this. I believe we need more scripture. Not less scripture. Listen, you want a church to be not dead? You better put some scripture in it. Amen. I'll tell you something. You can have a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal, but there ain't going to be no power in it. Right. 
I mean, he can be a good motivational speaker. <laughs> he can turn cartwheels, gargle BBs, but if he ain't got no scripture in it, what good is it? Amen. I ain't against gargling BBs either. I'd like to see some of you cut loose one time on the Spirit of God. Oh, I got you plumb quiet right there, didn't I? Amen. I mean, Chris was playing like a wholeness over there. Why ain't we wholeness? Hello? He had a little life in that song. Any life in you? Boy, it's quiet tonight. <laughs> you know God is able. Go back in that 30th verse and read with me. What does the first line say? I can of my own self do nothing. Well, what can that scripture do for you? It'll help you to grow. It'll help you to repent. It'll help you to get stronger in Christ. It'll reveal unto you where your shortcomings are. Are you with me? Say amen. First Corinthians chapter number 2. Verse number 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. <laughs> preachers help me tonight. We were talking the other day about a preacher that asked me in t over in Asheville one day if I'd ever preached mad. I said, no, sir, I have not. He was an older preacher, short, red-headed fellow. He said, you will, son. I said, what? He said, you'll preach mad before it's over with. He said, I went to a church I was invited to to preach right here in West Asheville. He said, I got there and I literally had to take my hands and part the weeds to get to the front door. He said, time I got in that church, I was so mad I wanted to kill them. He said, I went and sat down on the front pew. They came out of Sunday school. Nobody said a word. Nobody made an announcement. Nobody made a prayer. Nobody said nothing. Said about 15 minutes. Said the guy beside him, he punched me and said, ain't you a preacher? He said, yes, sir, I am. He said, well, preach. Just under that sound. He said, when he said that, he said, the whole top of my head blowed off. He said, I jumped up and said, I'm the God. God ought to burn this place to the ground. You don't think no more of it and what you thought of it. Won't even cut the weeds where people can get to it. God ought to key y'all. And he said, I said a few more words and said, Amen, and out the door went. He said, I was mad at the way they had treated God's house, God's man, and God's time. God was gracious enough to give them that Sunday. They wasn't even thinking about what God wanted. They wanted a few words and out the door so they could get to the steakhouse before anybody else. Amen. Am I telling the truth? Amen. See, they want it cut and dry. They don't want the Spirit moving. They don't want the Holy Ghost in the service. They want you to get up there, go through a routine, and say amen and go to the house. That takes away responsibility. 
We want our rights, but we do not want the responsibility that goes with having the rights. And we want to be able to go over and tell somebody else at another church, boy, we really have a spiritual church. When the whole time it's as dry as popcorn without any butter for sure. And loaded down with salt. And all you're going to get is burnt lips. Amen. And we want to say that we ain't backsliding. Have you ever went in the church service and you said, Oh God, please don't let the preacher preach over ten minutes. It's something I got to do, Lord. You're backsliding. When you go to asking God to limit the Holy Spirit, you're a backslider. You should come into the house of God saying, God, don't let us leave here till you bless us. God, don't let us leave here till we see a movement in the Holy Spirit. You're desiring to have something, therefore you ain't a backslider. But when you come in looking for the end from the beginning, you're a backslider. And you're cold and indifferent. And they want to fuss at me and you for getting long-winded. Yeah, it didn't matter if it's five minutes or 50 minutes, it was long-winded. Amen. They, they shouldn't have sung more than two songs. Come on. If he'd have stopped at that first message, it'd have been real good. The first message was just the introduction, right? Yeah. That's when you call the scripture, you know, Psalms 34. That's enough. Let's go home. You read the first verse. Hey, it's over. Let's go. I've had people walk out of church services. Said it was too long. When I came back from Jamaica, right here, right here, God had done a work, and Terry can tell you, when you go on a mission trip like that, you don't come back the same. And I mean, God had a hold of me, and a preacher friend got up and walked out and said, this is foolish. He's not in the house of God tonight. He's back in the bottle. You know why? He is backsliding from a pew. When it gets to where you want to limit God, you're a backslider. When it gets to where you come to the house of God and it's 1.30 or 2 o'clock before you get out and it only seems like five minutes, you're growing. But when five minutes seems like two hours, you're a backsliding. Amen, preacher, that's good preaching. It's the truth. If the Spirit is not in the service, what good is the service? If the scripture is not in the service, what good is the service? If the Holy Ghost doesn't have liberty, what good was the service? I don't want a dry service. I don't want a dry church. I don't want a dry religion. I thank God when he moves, we'll stir your heart and your heart will cry out, Abba, Father. Yes, it will. You get excited. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 4. Charity suffereth long. Uh-oh. And is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. 
is not puffed up. Uh Uh-oh, go ahead and give the invitation. I'm going to help somebody or kill your graveyard dead. Do you always find fault with everything? I'm talking about church services. Oh, it got quiet. I got your attention now. Let me just deal with it. He sings the same song every week. That's finding fault, ain't it? He never straightens his tie. He's got his pocket hanging out. I mean, are you hunting for faults? <laughs> if you want a good one this week, he needs a haircut. Yeah, he does. Everybody in here. I'll agree, I do. I'll agree, I ain't disagreeing on that. God, I need a haircut. I told my hairdresser if she didn't cut it this week, I was shearing it. But do we find fault with everything? Can I, can I help somebody tonight? Do they have to dress like you think they should? Do they have to talk like you think they should? Do they have to sing the song that you think they should? The day I got saved, I had two or three men come to me and say, I didn't think nothing was going right to get you saved that day. I thought, there's a fault finder. The Holy Ghost was moving in that service, but they weren't moving with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was directing the pastor and the things that was going on. But these two or three people were saying, hey, that ain't going the way I want it. That ain't going the way I think it should. You're going to have to do this to get that old boy saved. I can tell you one thing. You don't know what it'll take to get them saved. You ain't got one inkling what it'll take to get them saved. Only the Holy Ghost of God knows those things what it will take. And preacher Carl Rowland and Lillian was singing near to thee. And I realized I was afar off. Yeah. I knew I was on my way to hell. And I decided I didn't want to go there that day. And I went and gave my heart to the Lord. Why? Because a pastor was obedient and he wasn't finding fault. But others in the congregation was. Are you a fault finder? (laughs) Does it bother you that I wear cowboy boots? Does it bother you if I put my feet up on the furniture? Does it bother you that I sweat and my hair's out of place? I don't wear mascara so it don't run. That would bother you if my mascara was running. (laughs) It'd probably bother me too It'd get my eyes. But we're fault finders, ain't we? We come to church and and we want it exactly how we want it. We want it exactly look like it should. (laughs) I couldn't tell you how many times over the years that the Holy Ghost moved in church and I forgot to take up an offering. Well, by the way, I should never have to take your offering. The plate is always up here. 
If you know you owe it to God, you ought to come and give it to God. And if the service goes and I forget to receive an offering, you should walk right around here, drop your offering in the plate, and thank God for the service. Don't go to the pastor with your arms crossed up, your lip poops out and say, you didn't take up an offering today. Well, I had more important things on my mind than a few dollars. Somebody's soul was hanging in the balance and you're worried about a few dollars. Fault finders. He'd have probably, if he'd had a haircut, somebody got saved, right? I mean, that'll get them on it. Get a haircut. They'll get saved every time, won't they? Fault finders. Are we good for that or bad for that? I can honestly tell you as a pastor, church is the worst in the world for that. Fault finders. They didn't dress the way I think. They didn't talk the way I think. They didn't act the way I think. <laughs> Ooh, got quiet on me, ain't you? I ain't through yet. <laughs> Hebrews 10. Since I've killed you, I'll try to resurrect you. Should know where I'm going. Hebrews 10 and what? 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. That's present tense, isn't it? is but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching we stand and we say we know he's coming soon but we're not faithful we're not faithful in our prayer life we're not faithful in our Bible reading we're not faithful in attending church We're not faithful in witnessing in the highways and hedges. We're not faithful in a lot of things, especially fault finding and things like that. We're faithful in finding every little nitpicking thing that we can gripe about. But we forget to praise Him for the good things. What were they, 14 or 15 baptism certificates? 15 baptismal certificates that we had to hand out today. Has anybody praised him for that today? A lot of the candidates are sitting here tonight that got baptized. What a blessing. What a blessing. But the preacher was long-winded and kind of killed the service. It would have been better if he'd have shut up a little sooner. You're just going to go home and watch reruns? And you already got them recorded? So you can watch them anytime you want to. Yeah, but my chairs are calling me. I'm going to tell you what Vernon Powell told the young man at the trade lot in Morgan in North Carolina. The young man used to go to his church and he hadn't been there in months and Vernon seen him at the trade lot. 
and said, son, what happened to you? He said, oh, Vernon, Sunday's my best selling day. Vernon said, well, that's well, that's good. I'm glad you're making some money. He said, when you die, don't holler, oh, God, just holler, oh, trade lot. See how far that gets you. And Vernon said, I smiled, shook his hand, and walked off. Now think about what Vernon said. Vernon was jogging his mind to think about what is more important. I mean, if you gain the whole world, ain't that what the Bible said? And lose your own soul, what profit did you get? I mean, if the man made a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, what price would you put on your soul in eternal damnation? Backsliding from the pews. Cold and indifferent on God. Stubbed up, stubborn. Mule-headed. Pig-headed. Oh yeah, church folk. Church folk. I love them, don't you? Some of the finest people in the world go to church. Some of the stubbornest people in the world go to church. Some of the cruelest people in the world go to church. Backsliders. When you get to where you don't want the Holy Spirit to move, you don't want to read, you don't want to pray, you want the service cut and dry, you're beginning to backslide. I expect God every time I come in these doors to save somebody. Whether it's in this building or by the airways. I look for somebody to grow in the grace and the knowledge. I look for God to use me as a fit vessel because I repented up, prayed up, studied up, and ready to go up. What about you? Let us stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Is there anything you need to come and talk to the Lord about? Would you just step out and come? No great big fanfare tonight. The Holy Spirit spoke to your heart and you need to come. Some are making their way tonight. What about you?